Welcome to the Not Quite the Afterglow podcast, your chance to see inside the mind of a British 40-something man and his 30-something wife. Not your average couple, but then this is not your average podcast. Hey guys, you're listening to episode 10 of Not Quite the Afterglow. My name's Richard. And I'm Chloe. And we were supposed to do this two or three nights ago, Sunday evening, but we didn't manage to. Yeah, it's kind of my fault. Mostly my fault. Um, I've basically picked up some sort of cold germs from our kids, namely the youngest. The kids bring stuff home from school, don't they? They bring these horrible lurgy diseases home from school and we end up picking them up. We do, and it's always like just after they've got over it. So we've had several nights of broken sleep where they're awake in the night, and then they get over it, but then it's your turn to be ill. So then you end up waking up during the night full of snuffles and things. But I'm I'm mostly over it now, so hopefully I shouldn't sound too nasal, but you will have to excuse me if every so often you, you just hear me. sound a bit... Well, no, you I can't. Never, I didn't have the sexy throat thing. It was the all... The very white. Yeah, I didn't have that sexy throat voice. It was all just snot-nose stuffiness. It was like on that episode of Friends where Monica says she never gets sick. And uh, and she blatantly sounds like she is all the time. Yeah, well, I didn't want to put a microphone in front of you earlier on this week because you did sound appalling. I did. So as I say, do excuse me if you just keep me hearing me stop and slurp on a drink because I have to keep myself a bit You're hydrated. So we had a fun weekend again without the kids. This seems to be a bit of a thing. People must think we never see our children. but Oh, yeah, I'll just add in that, it, that me feeling poorly is 90% cold from the kids and 10% hangover. <laughs> and not the fact that we were still sitting on the seventh floor of a Skyview bar at two o'clock in the morning I on Sunday morning. I have to say, morning. to anybody who like, lives in big cities and stuff, seventh floor is, is like yeah, but this, this way is the, down. Okay, so. So, so, so this was the Sky Bar, a very nice five-star hotel in London, overlooking yes, That the wasn't Tower a high building, and it didn't need to be a high building. No, but I was going to say... Beautiful views over the River Thames seventh and floor, London Bridge. And, seventh floor sounds like nothing. Like, in if you if we were talking to anyone in, like, the uh, in Dubai or somewhere, then seventh floor is, like, still where... Reception, you know, reception is. is exactly. Yeah, but this was seventh floor overlooking the River Thames, all the twinkly lights and London Bridge, and it's beautiful. And we sat there till the bar, the bar closed. The bar was closing. The bar at was two. closing. We, we stayed till the, nearly two. Yeah, we did, and we drank the cocktail bar dry. Yes, we did ourselves proud. We did ourselves proud. My bank balance was groaning in the morning, but we did ourselves proud. Yes, and then we and then we paid for it Sunday. We did pay for it Sunday. We uh, the great thing about living. In the UK, in this post-millennial age, is these pop-up shops, these pop-up food stores. And you, I've seen them in New York and all over the world as well, you know, where you can eat street food, Caribbean food, you can eat, you know, Moroccan food, whatever. But we're into our Canadian canic food, aren't we? Yes. Um, it just so happens that uh, the best hangover food... Is poutine. Is poutine. Like, you, you need the stodge of the chips to, or fries, um, to just kind of soak and the everything curds up. And the gravy. And then the protein from the curd. And then the gravy is just like a warm blanket to wrap around you. And we, we were in East London uh, at the weekend. So we decided Sunday morning to pop up to Brick Lane. Um, I'd, I'd spent quite a bit of time there in my early 20s. And it's changed hugely. 
in the intervening years, and there was a lot of uh, I mean, food from all over the world. I mean, literally every type of food going. On a Sunday. I have to put, have to put some photos yeah, up. Yeah, on, on a that. Sunday in Brick Lane, they have a huge market and they have various food It's like Camden Market, but better. Yeah, they have various food stores, but they also have a lot of independent artists and um, people who make musicians all different different things, musicians, all kinds of things going on. Where Because normally you would think of Brick Lane as an area you go to for curry. There's a lot of... Uh, very good curry houses. There used down to be a there. lot of bagel houses. Didn't see any of the bagel bakeries. They've all seemed to have gone. No, but this is where we had to go on our mission for poutine because there is only one. There, there is only poutine one place in London. poutine place in London, and it's the best, uh, best place to go. And basically, he travels. Yeah, it's like a, a pop up food thing, and it's only six days a week in different locations across London. And Sunday was Brick, Brick Lane, Lane, so that's why we. Well, we went down there, but oh my goodness, it was just the perfect hangover food. And, and Paul, who uh, our Canadian friend who has the the poutinerie in London, fantastic guy, very hardworking, has turned this little tiny business into something very successful. And long may he continue because he serves the best food. He really does. Yeah, and as I say, it was a good hangover food because for me. And I knew when he, I have it with rib meat and extra hot sauce, and I saw him when he was doling out the hot sauce. I thought he knows exactly what he was doing because my eyes were watery, my mouth was on fire. I, I just. Yeah, and then you decided, oh, I'll buy a, like I had water with us anyway, but Richard's like, oh no, I'll buy some of this. You know, hot they've cinnamon got cinnamon apple. Yeah, they've got mold wine, but then they've also got like a mold apple juice thing. Oh, I'll buy some of that. I can't, fantastic. I can't see how that helped put out the fire. It did. No, hot... no, 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 no. It really did work. It really did work. It was a very, exti- very good fire extinguisher, and um, I needed it because, geez, that rib meat was lovely. There was no bone in, it, no fat in it. That's the other thing. The preppy dust for the food is fantastic. Yeah, but I mean, hangover food is just, it always, it's, it's like manna from heaven, isn't it? Mm. When you're feeling so rough, you just need something, you know, like, or maybe like a KFC. I'm but, always but, usually but about they, they chicken. Have, they, they have little artisan bakeries around there, pop-up artisan bakeries and stuff, and there was lots a, of food from all over the world. There was a fantastic shop that did lots of chocolate. Stuff. Oh, absolutely fantastic! I can't remember what the shop was called. I'll put some photos up online. I but, don't know either, but they had. Some but they had, everything chocolate. was made from raw cocoa. They had the cocoa pods there. Everything was made there on site, and it was people, kind of like that people thing People drinking where, hot chocolates, which just looked like works of art. Yeah, because they were shaving it all. It's one of those things where everything looks so pretty, you don't want to touch it. Like it, it looks lovely, and you would love it. Some of those presentations, but you don't touch it. You know, I'd want to pull the bottom bit out and see them all collapse and fall. But um, yeah, it was chocoholics heaven. I'm not. I'm not that hugely into chocolate, but I could appreciate the smell when you walked in the door. Let's just be fair. We're just into food. We, we just are love into food. food. We're into food, and no, we're into our drink. And we we also disappeared off to the theatre on a Saturday night as well, and saw Young Frankenstein with the ever clever Ross Noble, who we've seen a couple of times before live in concert. Yes, although he's always been fully upright when we've seen him before. Yeah, he was doing the Marty Feldman piece in Young Frankenstein. He was absolutely fantastic. Great cast and crew. And I didn't fall asleep. Yes. Which, uh, well, no, to be fair, I mean, this is our... If, any, if the lights go down somewhere, I normally fall asleep. We've been very fortunate because this is our third theatre trip this year. Rent. We also saw Rent in January. Miss and we Saigon. saw Miss Saigon. And uh, now Young Frankenstein. Uh, uh, where did we see Miss Saigon? It was just a month and a half Birmingham, Hippodrome. Yeah. So we've been, we've had a really good year. I mean, uh, child we've, free breaks. We've had lots, you thanks know. To your in, thanks to the in laws. Yeah. They're lovely. Yeah, we've had, we've had lots of child free time. And I would say we've definitely had, I reckon, probably twice this year, 
as much as as previous years and I think that's two reasons one because the children are a bit older and our youngest used to be incredibly clingy and now he's you know now he's like you're toilet saying, trained he's saying are you going to the grandparents and he's gone he's like yeah gone yeah exactly whereas before you know I'd have to you know push, push him, him away door, from the door so I could shut it and run you. off uh yeah or I used to sneak out when he couldn't <coughs> see me um so that's easier and obviously being toilet trained makes things a difference too but I think just our attitude now is very much about making the Leave most them run. of our time Leave them run. yeah and, and you're right it's, it's making the most of the time we have together and that's not for any reasons any surreptitious reasons or because it's something wrong but no I don't know whether it's like whether it's our age or you know I don't know whether part of it is due to us being more exposed to um some of the big sort of terrorist events and things like that where I mean we've both taken the attitude that although some horrific things have happened you have to get on with things it's it's literally a case of those people were just in the wrong place at the wrong time that there was nothing it it was just going to happen there was nothing you could do about it I've been involved in armed robberies I've had guns pointed at me i've seen car bombs i was go gonna say off. i've been involved in armed robberies makes it sound like you were not no, a bystander I, I, was in the, I was in the bank when there was an armed robbery i had a gun pointed at me in the states i i saw a car bomb go off about 60 80 foot away from me so i'm i reckon i've had my three if it comes in threes i've had my three so you've, you've got if you're a cat there's you've got six more to go but um but we've we, i don't know it's been something that we've talked about and we've we've kind of made our peace with that and you know, we haven't stopped ourselves going anywhere or doing anything. I mean, we're just more sensible. Yeah, I'm not saying that we're not more cautious and that we don't sort of. It sounds a bit weird, but make sort of little plans of you know if what we're happens. in if we're somewhere really busy and, and something and happens, something happens yeah. where's our meeting point or what what's our yeah, plan? And we're, or we're very aware because of what I used to do for a living about but, about about our surroundings. Yeah, and, but it's and, literally and, like a tiny little conversation. Yeah. But as uh, it, well, it's not even a conversation. We just know. Yeah. But it's a, a general thing that um, we see it as wrong place, wrong time. So we've kind of made our peace with that. If anything happened, then That's you know it. we had a good it life. It was just it was just sod's law. But yeah. I think it has also made us think we just need to make the most of, of the time that we have. I've lost. Uh, well, I'm I'm middle aged now. I'm forty, nearly forty five. So you'd expect by the age of 45 to have lost your your grandparents and I've lost my grandparents and my father and I think you expect your grandparents to go you don't expect to lose your dad when you're younger but I've lost more than losing I think more I I mean losing my dad completely devastated me but losing friends I think when when it's people your age people I've lost too many friends um my best friend growing up in the village that I grew up in died when he was 23, um, which broke everyone's heart, especially when you're a tiny community and he lives two doors down from you and you've grown up together and you you know you watch him die and that's horrible. Um, but more than anything, it's the loss of the rest of his life and we're getting on and doing things when he's not. And sadly, an- another very good friend of both of ours, um, he died two uh, no, six years to the day. That, that my other friend died so I lost that but more recently I've lost a lot of friends in the software community over the last four or five years and I think I think one of them who died who's the same age as me who died a couple of years ago that knocked me for six didn't it completely yeah and I mean even I have known people um even my age and obviously I'm that bit younger 
Um, and, you know, it does it does make you think about, you know, or, or just... Or it's, not even, time. it's not even people that have died. You know, people have accidents or, or people become very ill and stuff. And yeah. it just makes you think, you know, I just... You, you, I don't know, you were... It's it's kind of weighing it up really, and the way that that we sort of see it now is, you know, we're in a good place in terms of you know being able to pay the mortgage and that kind of stuff. So, if you you're kind of part of you wants to save for the future, but you don't want to save so incredibly well, hard we're, we're that lucky. by the time yeah. you get to a certain age, you you've kind of missed out on some. We're, so much we're, we're or, very lucky. We don't have any financial pressures at all in our life. We're very very fortunate, but we are also very fortunate that you said we have our health but that we, we've had our trials and tribulations one of the reasons that we're so close is that some people listening to this show who know us know what happened but three years ago i had a stroke yeah and if it wasn't for your fast thinking i probably would have died well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm one who'll always downplay stuff, but you know, obviously it's it true. was quite was quite serious. You were effectively sort of paralyzed, paralyzed on on half of your body um, when when it all started. But yeah, I think that that's probably been a, a factor in it as well, actually. And I don't know, as I guess having children also makes you think more about. But you, but you were a mum of a one year old and a three year old, and your husband had had a stroke. Think about that. That's yes, life changing. Yes. And you cope with having tiny child who's completely, you know, rely rely on you. He I couldn't do anything. I couldn't pick him up. I couldn't do anything. I was very fortunate and I was, it took me a long time to get better. And you know, I think it made us closer together. But again, that was six months really was six months of our life where we didn't do anything, did we? No. But again, maybe that's why partly why we are now sort of you know doing more stuff but i think it's also it's it's that about you know we're 5 years married now yeah <laughs> we officially hit that mark on on one of the previous podcasts and um you know i think partly it's about us spending more time together and stuff like we don't really have you know sort of date nights as such as in you know just go out somewhere in town for dinner we do we, well, we do, but Not we tend to often. have our time together tends to be Date because weekends. we are doing yeah something that's an work related an or, event yeah, type yeah, thing as yeah. opposed to just going for a meal for a, for a date night. We seem to have enough things that crop up along the way. But we we make time. I deliberately work from home and have done for seventeen years. And um, although I'm in my office a lot, you know, I will work from home two or three days a week and we will make time to go for breakfast out. Or we will make time to go for lunch out without the kids and talk about stuff. Or... Yeah, because you can often work quite late. So you can afford... I I've, just, I've only just finished working now. Yeah, exactly. So you... <laughs> no one knows what time this is. Yeah, uh... well, it's about nine o'clock at night and I've only literally just finished. I have to be up at 6am to drive drive 200 miles. So Yeah, we, uh, we normally sneak upstairs when the children are asleep to do our podcast recording. It's nice and quiet up here in the studio. Yeah, and we, we shut the dog way downstairs. Turn all the phones off. Yes. Actually, my phone isn't off, but I have just put it <laughs> out there. Because we did have one time where, uh, I think it was you actually left your one? phone in here did and I? interfered, yeah. These are really powerful microphones. They pick anything else. You have to be very careful. Yeah, but I don't think you left it that far away. Didn't I? You'd think after me recording like 1,500 hours of podcast that I would know what I was doing. But phones yeah. don't seem... To, is it me or phone, do phones not seem iPhones. to interfere with stuff iPhones as much interfere. anymore? iPhones interfere. Um, we're both Android users, but my iPhone will interfere with microphones. 
just because they have the antenna on. I'm thinking like I can. You can always remember you'd hear that. iPhones do. But then I'm just thinking to myself, what would it interfere with? Because it's not like I have. I don't listen to like a radio and stuff anymore. And then if I do, it's a digital radio. Which they interfere with. They interfere with your telephone, like a landline. You'd hear it on the landline. Yeah, which. But then I don't use that either. Yeah. Well, modern that, technology, isn't that weird? Isn't that funny? Like, I've never thought of that. It's, it, it's just... It's, it's just, kind of one yeah. of those things you can consign to a list of sounds that you don't really hear anymore. Cassettes rewinding. Like, um, what's it? Like a dial-up modem. Yeah, dial-up modem. You know, there are, just, there are people out there... loading. There are people out there who don't know what that screen And our children don't know what cassettes sound. and records are. No, they don't. I told, I showed them a record and they were like, they didn't know what it was. I or mean, a cassette. it wasn't all that long ago that uh, our eldest saw something and he was like, something about this DVD. And I said, that's not a DVD, it's a CD. And he looked at me and was like, what, what's a CD? <laughs> because he's just used to DVDs and a portable DVD player to play stuff. And of course, in the car... Uh, the CD player, the CD's already in there all the time. Or my car doesn't even have a CD player. Everything's MP3. In my yeah, car. or exactly. Or you're you're doing it from streaming it from your phone over mm-hmm. Bluetooth or whatever. So, I guess you wouldn't really wouldn't really see that, would he? Yeah, and he's one of the iPad generation. You think about the six and four, our children, and he's had an iPad for four years. He has indeed. Although four years. although he won't for much longer. No, because we're upgrading them away from evil Apple Empire at Christmas back to Android. Yeah, so we're, we're just uh, having something a bit that. more flexible. In fact, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm kind of tempted to take their iPads away for like the whole of December. No, don't do it because <laughs> if they, what, we're gonna, what, how, how are we going to entertain them? Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's not entertaining. They, 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 can you imagine they'd be like the, the withdrawal symptoms? No. Well, I don't, don't know. I was, I was thinking I would maybe get the elf on the shelf to do it. So no, it, you know, no, I'm no. We're not guy. doing. We're not doing that. I'm sorry. It's, it's a very useful crib babysitter. The iPad. I did. Uh, I've done Elf on the Shelf now for the last two years, and part of me the kids I, still think it's real. Yeah, the, the children still think it's real, and part of me they, loves they run, it. They run into the bedroom and go, "Daddy, have you seen where that naughty elf is today?" And I'm just like, "Go away! It's seven twenty-one in the morning. I don't yeah, care they, where the they elf is. they get up every morning. Will be in a minute. Yeah, they get up every morning, and they're Down like, the "What? Toilet. What's the elf done?" And also, like, can we have our oven calendar chocolate? Um, and I, I have this love-hate thing with Elf on the Shelf. I'm the sort of person who, I don't, the Elf doesn't do, like, really, really bad things in our house. It does sort of slightly mischievous things, but obviously, but often the Elf just brings little gifts. But they're, they're gifts like, um, actually I've bought some recently to use this year. So like a little jigsaw puzzle thing that you can draw your own picture on and colour in. Sounds, and then they can hard work. Yeah, or like the Christmas bauble things that they can paint that then once they're dry and they've been hung up, I can then just throw them away in the rubbish. But, uh, you know, stuff that keeps them busy, sticker books, uh, stuff like that, really. Or, you know, one time the elf on the shelf brought them a thing where they had to cut stuff out of a catalogue and stick down what they wanted for Christmas. Uh, basically, stuff to keep them busy. But you'd, I'd get those nights where I'd finally get into bed and then I'd be like, "Oh no, I forgot to move that bloody elf." <laughs> and then, and then I, I'd panic, like, "Oh, what can the elf have done?" Oh, I know. I'll just like stick it in the toilet. Yeah, no. One of the times, I, I just thought, "Oh no, what can the elf Unravels do?" And toilet roll. And I got, I got loads of their pairs of pants and just pegged them up on the curtains. And I thought, "Well, the elf's done that." The best one was when the 
elf, in air quotes... Uncle the gin? No. Uh, the elf ate all of the little pot of celebrations and left all the wrappers. That was the best one for you me. Need, you need to up your act. You mean because you got to eat all the celebrations? Is yeah, that... of course I did. Okay, I didn't know whether you just put them in the bin or... Why would I do that? Use them, use them for some catering, culinary, amazing. Yeah, and yeah. anyone who's not in the UK, I don't, I don't know if you get, do you get celebrations in other countries? They're just little like wrapped chocolate sweets. Little, you get in a tin. little Snickers, little. Yeah, like uh, all different Mars things. Or yeah, you could get little so many different. Fingers. And I, I have this thing. I, I'm so greedy, but I love like big tins of chocolate and stuff. And obviously, as a child, you used to get them at Christmas. Um, and well, they're not something we ever buy, but again, you get have them at Christmas or you get given them at Christmas. But I always find like I just really love eating stuff. So it, for me, it's like a real faff. Like you just shove this chocolate in your mouth and you're eating it. But then you have to like fiddle with these wrappers, and they're always so fiddly. It's not like you can just twist the end. Like they have a special tear thing and stuff to get the next one out. And I feel I always feel like it's you know it's a real. Uh, and you say I'm thing. OCD. No, but I just find it really stressful. God's sake. No, oh, so what I'll do science. is I'll just get a pile of these chocolates and then I'll just take all of the wrappers off and then just have the chocolates ready in a pile so I can just like keep going one at a time with them because I don't want that interruption of I'm faffing. So, I'm so glad that I don't eat these things. It's only you who eats them. I don't eat them. So Yeah, and luckily, obviously, only once a year. Yeah. But, but yeah, I just find that in between bit of doing the wrappers, is, it just takes too long. I just want to... I just want to eat them like just sweets. I took chocolates at the weekend and wine for the for the hotel room. You didn't even eat them. Did you take chocolates? I, there was a box bag of munchies. You didn't touch them. Oh yes. Well, I was going to have those in the theatre. But, but we had we had this amazing five star hotel room which had mood lighting. Yes. Or what is it you called it though? Really? You called it mood swing lighting. Yeah, mood swing lighting. <laughs> you were like, oh, it's got mood swing lighting. I it, was this like, is the what chain. This is the chain that I stay at regularly for work when I'm in Amsterdam, or I've stayed at them in the US as well, in New York. And they've opened three in London, and we went to one of them. They're called Citizen M. And uh, they're a boutique five-star hotel without the service. So it's a five-star hotel without the service. So you don't get any room service. You know, everything's very metrop- metropolitan, really, for the millennial generation. But it has a wall-to-wall bed, which I think is the most comfortable hotel bed ever. Oh, it was. I mean, Richard's not small, and in the night, I'm not I small. kind I'm of six stretched. Three. Yeah. I kind of stretched out, and I couldn't even touch you. You're like really far it, away it's an me. eight foot square bed and it's fantastic it, honestly it's the most comfortable bed ever the custom made for them by Sealy, and uh, we paid extra for a room with a view overlooking tower of london paid next to like 20 quid or something for the room and the electric blinds open up and there you present it with this view of the tower of london yeah this is the thing that was quite cool it had an ipad that like controlled everything including the mood swing lighting yeah and uh, and then one it my, had special modes. Really yeah, publicly. I was I was having a go and playing with all of this while Richard was in the bathroom, which did mean so at I one point all on the, the lights th- went off. I was sitting on the throne, and all of a sudden the room goes blue, then yellow, then pink, then red, then green, and then I then noticed all, then pitch black. And then I noticed it had a button that said romance, and I thought, oh, I'll put that on. So I pressed it, and like the lights all changed to this like pinky reddish, red, pinky colour, playing romantic and then it's like music. this wow wow kind of music. But it only lasts four minutes. And then, yeah. And and then like all this stuff on the TV and then it stopped and it was like four minutes long and I was like, 
So when it maybe says romance, maybe that's the average. Maybe it's like that's the average length of time it takes people to have sex in the hotel. Well, no, I think that meant that was the foreplay. Like <sighs> four minutes to of get, foreplay, really? That was to get you in the mood. That's way too much foreplay. It's something to aim for, though, wouldn't it? Is it? Well, <laughs> maybe you can put it in your maybe you can put it in your Christmas wish list, and I'll ask Santa and see. Please, can I have four minutes of foreplay? Please, please sorry, mum. Just sorry, way mom. too, way too much. Let's just change the topic there. No, but um, foreplay. But yeah, I didn't really. That's listen. why I want to program you, so I don't need that for. It did stuff. have a couple of other moods. Like one of one of the things was business. I don't know what that means. Whether they're just like a secretary comes out of the wardrobe and stuff. I don't know. Suspended. Maybe it's just like sort of very quiet, and every so often you get like a cracking of a whip or something. Or maybe I'm, maybe that's the extreme romance one. I don't know. All I know is that when you go to the one in Amsterdam, there is a photo downstairs in the lobby by the lift. And anyone who's been to Citizen Name in Amsterdam will completely understand what I'm talking about. There's a photo of each of the hotel rooms, which are, are funnily enough, when you go to the front of Citizen M, it's all lit up, isn't it? All the yeah, hotel and, room and windows, windows are lit up. Yeah, and the windows have got these, um, like a blackout blind, but then it has another blind, which is... Like a neck curtain. Well, yeah it's quite well it's a bit thicker than that so you can see silhouettes yeah. if you had it down and you had the main blackout one still up yeah. so yeah you can see if people's rooms lit up different but the colors. one in amsterdam has this photo and every single person every single room is full of a couple having sex apart from two of the rooms which have at least two or three people having sex in the rooms all different positions and it's not a painting it's an actual photo so the, so maybe they, it's they, so when you go there you can say can i request a room that's already <laughs> got two people in it yeah <laughs> Yeah, but if you're travelling for business on your own, it does make you feel a little bit. But then it's Amsterdam. That's what it's there for, isn't it? Hey ho! But no, well, it's you good, know, good if, hotel. If, if they, if they, uh, if we were in Amsterdam and they'd taken a picture of us, we'd just be sitting in street waffles. So <laughs> street waffles in the nude. That's a horrible mental picture for everyone to talk about. It is. Okay. And it's dangerous because it, it I is. like to eat. I like to drink a cup of tea when I'm having a street. So waffle. The, these street waffles, these caramel waffles, I always get told whenever I go to Amsterdam, which is quite regular, I probably go two or three times a year, um, you tell me each time, don't bring any back. And last time I brought how many back? You brought back a box that contained, I think, 60. five or six. Yeah, 60. 60 and each one of these five or six had like 10 in it. Yeah. So it was, I can't remember how many kilo of uh, one, street One and a half kilos of caramel But it was, it was a lot. I mean, you know, it took me a, good three weeks to eat them all <laughs> i don't like them but you like to have them with your cup even, of tea even though i kept saying like oh i really shouldn't be eating these but then it gets to a point where it's just like you know one with your cup of tea isn't quite enough you maybe need to have like two so you see i bring these things back from amsterdam and she demolishes them but since then i found i can get them in the uk probably cheaper than holland so even better this is what happens when you have a, a chubby chaser uh, yeah but have a chubby have chaser. a Thank you. A kind and loving partner who who brings Likes you woman, no, womanly curves. Who brings you back presents Lingerie. from their travel, and it gets to a point when you're like, "Look, I've got so much perfume. I don't need any perfume. So much lingerie. Yeah. So so now you're being creative and bringing me back waffles, street chocolate. Waffles. Yeah, waffles mainly. Although sometimes you can be creative with your gifts. I had a reminder pop up on my Facebook of this time two years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if you can remember this when you said, "Oh, I'm going out to Tesco." do you want anything which you you always go out shopping late at night and i said to you no 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 surprise me and that means bring me back a bit of cake that's reduced i mean one time he brought back a huge uh, red velvet chocolate cake no, i brought two cakes back that, a birthday cake and a, birthday and a red cake velvet, that was reduced to like two pounds but uh, i was like you know surprise me so i'm expecting something great like that and he he really did surprise me because he brought me back a mug that said, Mrs. Always Right, which, you know, 
perfect. I am and always right. What else to bring you back? And a flashing woolly hat. Flashing woolly hat. It was green like a Christmas tree with, Ellie, with, with LED a, lights on with it. With a yellow star on the top, and then you pressed the button, and then lights flashed on the tree. You said surprise me. And a Swede. And a Swede. Yeah, you said surprise me. So I brought you back a turnip, a hat. Why well, call it a Swede? Okay, you call well, it a turnip because well, you're northern. northern. Yeah, yeah. You but it is actually a Swede. Whatever. The label on it would turnip. say Swede. My point still remains is you said surprise me. So I came back with a hat with flashing lights on it, a mug, and a turnip. Yeah. Where was the bloody chocolate? Where was the cake? Where was the pastries? I think you've had enough for both of us, love. <laughs> well. I, I mean, to spite you, I should have just eaten the whole Swede, shouldn't I? And then should, I would have had horrific have, or you wind. Should have, you should have just chocolate-coated it. But the best thing about it was uh, that I was like, do you know what? Thank you for this hat. I love this hat. I'm going to wear it. And a few weeks later, you we'd did. gone to uh, like a Christmas light switch on and parade thing. And I said, do you know what? I'm going to wear my hat and I'm going to set it to flashing and I'm going to walk next to you. And everyone's going to say, look at that man with his wife with the flashing hat. I was very proud. And then I let our son wear it. And now, they, you don't, they, I don't they, even know they where were it is. At, they, they, they were actually going, look at that poor woman in the, in, in the flashing hat with that huge bloke. Well, they, they probably thought I was your carer. Thank you for that. I think that happens a lot when we go out, doesn't it? No. I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe people do think you're my carer. I don't know. Well, what can I say to that? Episode 10. You've been listening to Not Quite the Afterglow. And it's bye-bye from me and my carer. Chloe. <laughs> yes, and you. I, I promise you, you won't have to wait that long till episode 11. Um, in the meantime, oh, just one last thing to get in at the end here. Uh, obviously, we said we stayed away in a hotel. We couldn't stay in a hotel without leaving our calling card. <gasps> the trademark penis. So we, we did leave another rolled up duvet penis. So if you go on our Facebook page, we which did. is not quite the afterglow. An eight foot wide, eight foot long penis. I was going to say not eight foot wide. Eight foot long. <laughs> never mind the girth, never mind the afterglow. I didn't even think never it was eight Never mind the stitches. Because, you know, you obviously wildly overestimate. Slightly, slightly over, over, eye-watering. Yeah, you're slightly overestimating being a man. But anyway, so we did leave one hanging off the bed as, as normal. So on the With Facebook, splurge. on the Facebook, not quite the afterglow page is a picture of it in all its glory. I'm staying in the hotel tomorrow, but I will not do that because this. Oh, ho- it doesn't count if, if I'm not with you. No, but this hotel I, I sometimes stay at in Birmingham is it's very round and the rooms are very small, so I can only just get in the bed. Never mind, make a penis out of it. So. You've been listening to episode 10. Come back next week for episode 11. Speak to you guys soon. Goodbye. Welcome to the Not Quite the Afterglow podcast. Your chance to see inside the mind of a British 40-something man and his 30-something wife. Not your average couple, but then this is not your average podcast. <laughs>